Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and the Market. Happy Friday. And with the week coming to an end, let's take a look at how markets perform this week. And to do that, joining us on the phone to give us a, a wrap of the week is Jeff Howie, market strategist at, at the SGX. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Hong Bin. It's been a while you've been on Money in the Market, huh? Yeah, a couple of weeks. Uh... <laughs> So, you know, the SDI, it opened lower today, but it, I think it was mostly in the green this week. How did the STI perform? Yeah, you're 100% right. Uh, so the STI is currently around 32.65 to 32.70, and mm-hmm. that means it's up seven-tenths of a percent for the week. It brings the year-to-date gain to 8.9%, and during the week, the STI, it did return to that November, sorry, not November, yeah, yeah, it was around November 7th. Mm-hmm. 17, November 18 levels, remember, near 3,300. Um, yeah. So it did return near those levels. I think made a high near 3,290 yesterday. Mm-hmm. However, what we've seen is banks weigh the index today, um, which has seen the STI, I guess, give back half the gains that right. it had made over mm-hmm. the preceding four sessions. What about who were the biggest movers this week? So uh, the biggest movers in the STI, you've got Thai Beverage, mm. DFI Retail Group and Semcorp Industries. Now, Thai Beverage has gained from $0.61 cents last Friday to $0.64.5 cents today. Mm. Uh, it was Monday that the company posted, Monday the company posted 26% year-on-year increase mm-hmm. in FY22 net profits. That uh, was attributed to the easing of the pandemic and travel restrictions. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So it saw growth across all its business segments. It did highlight its net profit for its food business close to tripled on the resumption of on-premises dining. Yeah. um, Also, it's been obviously looking to boost its efforts uh, in improving supply chain and operational efficiency and so forth. And I think the beer business also registered... Uh, a considerable around 140% year-on-year growth in net profit, um, Mm. driven obviously not just the reopening of Thailand, but also Vietnam. So the stock um, saw about $9 million of net fund inflows for the last four sessions, and that's um, reduced its net fund outflows so far this year to around $55 million in the year thus far. For the decliners in the STI, you have Maple Tree Pan-Asia Commercial Trust, Jardine Cycle and Carriage and Maple Tree Industrial Trust um, among the laggards in the STI. But also outside the STI, Hongbin, you've got Brent Crude up 4% this mm. week. So um, you've got our energy stocks, the most traded four, averaging around 3% gains. from That's Rex, RH, Petrogas, Geo Energy and Golden Energy and Resources. Okay. A lot of movements there, huh? Um, I just want to stay on the STI for a second. You know, yesterday, most Asian equities, they cheered the less hawkish stance of the U.S. Federal Reserve after Powell's speech. But Singapore shares yesterday closed flat-ish. Why is that? Yeah, look, it's interesting because week to date, uh, two of Asia's strongest markets so far this year, Mm -hmm. Singapore and Indonesia, have been comparatively flat. Uh, While two of the weakest benchmarks across Asia in the year to date, the Hang Seng and China, have gained in the vicinity of 4%. Mm. So there have been, if you will, some measured partial rebounds. And I guess that's due to some convergence in the regional growth outlook. Uh, And you might also consider those rotations might be in play as well. If you look at Singtel... 
Singtel has led the net fund inflows for Singapore stocks so far this year, but for the past four sessions, the stock has led the net fund outflows. Uh, at the same time, you've got global internet stocks uh, are up in the vicinity of around 4% so far this year, and that's in tandem with the Hang Seng Index. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some impacts here. For instance, uh, IFAST Corporation, which is listed here, has also gained in the vicinity of 10% this week. Right, right. Circling back to U.S. Yeah. Uh, U.S. Fed Chair Jerome Powell, he signaled for a smaller rate hike later this month. How can we expect markets to move when the Fed do decide on a 50 basis point hike at their next meeting? Yeah, well, this is expected, and usually uh, when when uh, decisions come in at, with expectation, mm-hmm. you usually don't have too many jolts in the right. market. Um, and and look, prior to that speech last night. Markets had turned marginally more dovish uh, mm-hmm. and built in majority expectations for a 50 basis point hike rather than the more steeper 75 basis point mm-hmm. hike. And over the full month of November, we saw that build in. And it did see the US dollar index decline something like 5% for the month, then down another 1% down last night, while the longer term 10 year US Treasury yields also eased from above 4% at the end of October to 3.6% the end of November and then further down last night to now around 3.55%. So mm. what really changed overnight, it was it was the outlook more for the terminal peak rate, which will still be expected to take effect in March next year mm-hmm. and carry right through to the 1st of November FOMC in 2023. But albeit we're now looking at a less higher uh, peak rate, we're now looking at a peak rate of four and three quarters to five percent, uh, rather than that five percent to five and a quarter percent. So, you know, this this is the development last night, but the outlook for 2023 interest rates it does remain highly fluid. Mm. So you can expect markets to remain dynamic, and of course very, very highly attuned to all the relevant inflation data, Fed signals and speeches and so forth. Right, right. And investors this week were also reacting to the developments in China and further signs of reopening plans have boosted sentiment. Can we expect that positive sentiment to continue on next week as well? Yeah, well, November was a pretty big month. We've come Mm. a long way. In fact, the outlook for China growth, it, it was helped in particular by those policy moves that included optimised COVID rules to bolster the, the economy. We, mm-hmm. There was fiscal support announced to small businesses as well as support of monetary policy and, of course, those reports of a series of supportive property market policies. Mm-hmm. And, 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 that, and that, that did see, actually, the broader FTSE Asia-Pacific Index generate one of its strongest monthly gains ever on record um, in the month of November. But at the moment, you have China dealing with its biggest COVID outbreak on record. So um, uh, we've got the smooth daily average uh, new confirmed cases rising to 40,000 cases on Tuesday. It came back to 32,000 on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So we'll be watching that. Um, Markets will be watching that very closely, particularly over the weekend. But the China policymakers, they are clearly looking to contain um, the current resurgence while obviously looking to optimise its containment policy. Um, There was that opinion column in the state media, China Daily on Wednesday, maintaining that striking that balance between epidemic prevention and control mm-hmm. of the bailout of enterprises and, of course, support for people's livelihood, it remained the pressing key challenge for the government. So we saw in our stock market, so we have an index 
the FTSE China index, which which is made up of a, a 20, 20 or so stocks that uh, report at least half of their revenue or base at least half of their assets to the mainland. And Jardine Matheson, Wilmar, Yangtze Jung Shipbuilding, Hutch Port Holdings Trust, and Capital Land China Trust mm-hmm. Management. They they are along the they they are the largest weights of that index, and they were mixed this week. So. Mm-hmm. Hutchport and Capital Land China Trust, they are up, uh, I think, 12% and 11% respectively. And Yangtze Jung, which has been the stronger of the five in the year to date, was the laggard this week. So we are seeing somewhat of that rotation and measured moves, if you will, as, as we talked about before. I should also mention our EV Pioneer NEO um, also gained uh, from uh, around $10.30 last week mm-hmm. to around $11.70 today. And finally, what else should we be looking at for next week or just the month of December as a whole? Yeah, well, tonight's important, November mm-hmm. labor market report for the U.S. Uh, I think there's expectations that around 200,000 jobs were added in the month of November, uh, right. and that would follow around 260,000 jobs added in, in October. You won't have much Fed speak. We will have no Fed speak because mm-hmm. that FOMC blackout period uh, commences on Saturday and continues right through to that much-anticipated FOMC on the 14th of December. For Singapore, you've got October retail sales due Monday, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and this is a this is a really important number, Hong Bin, because we we've seen six straight months of double-digit year-on-year growth for retail sales, mm-hmm. uh, and the gauge is up 11% so far for the first nine months of this year. So domestic demand has been the key driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a really big surge in September. I think it was up 3.3% month on month, and mm-hmm. that was all those major corporate and entertainment events boosting that uh, result. But for the stock market, um, it really the, the stocks and the, the relevance of retail sales really does depend on geographical exposures and of, obviously by how much the retailers are impacted by supply chain constraints. So, for instance, if you, if you look at geographical exposure this year, you've had the local reopening uh, help Shang Tsung Group uh, they've, they've put on moderate gradual gains mm-hmm. uh, from a dollar forty six last year to around a dollar sixty five now, and then you've got supply chain constraints of the brands that these uh, retailers carry, like the Hourglass has trailed the performance of Shengxiang Group, um, and I think the Timepiece retailer generates something like a six percent total return, and then as I said, the geographical uh, exposures matter because mm-hmm. you look at DFI Retail Group. That reports the majority of its revenue to North Asia, mm. and its share price has declined from two dollars eighty six at the end of last year uh, down to a dollar ninety six on the twenty fifth of October, but then back to two dollars fifty eight now. So, um, lots in our market when it comes to retail sales, but identifying the right stocks for the Singapore retail sales is obviously pretty important too. Mm. Well, that's a lot to unpack there, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Hongbin. Thank you so much. Have Thank a great weekend. You. Have a great weekend. We've been speaking with Jeff Howie, market strategist at the SGX. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.